0: The following is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio network. Welcome to Life as a Life Schooler, where we talk about how to merge life with homeschooling. I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio and today we are talking to Dorenda Wilson. Dorenda is a homeschooling mom of eight, born between 1991 and 2004, five of whom have graduated. She has been married for 28 years to Daryl, and they have four grandchildren. Dorenda has written The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and unhurried grace for a mom's heart. She is the owner, writer, host of her blog and podcast, Dorenda Wilson. She is called to a ministry of encouragement and has a very special place in her heart for moms and homeschooling moms because she believes for many reasons that motherhood is not only a gift but often the unseen place where God moves in very powerful ways. This is why she is mm-hmm. convinced that the Christian, mom, Christian moms must have a working knowledge of the Word that will give them the courage to raise their children as faithful followers of Christ above all else. Welcome, Dorenda, and as I was saying before we started the podcast, I'm so excited to have you on the show and just um, hear more of your story.
1: Oh, thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's jump right in and tell us, first of all, how did you get started homeschooling? What led you down this path?
1: Well, it's really a God story. I think many times uh, homeschoolers will say the very same thing that it was a God thing, whether Absolutely. they're you know one of those reluctant homeschoolers or the <laughs> homeschoolers who started out homeschooling. But for me, when I was um, in high school, I believe we were my mom and I were at a yard sale, and I picked up a book by Raymond and Dorothy Moore, and it it happened to be a book on homeschooling. I have no idea why I picked it up, why I bought it, except that. God wanted me to read this book. Wow! So as as I was reading it, I was thinking um, how well they were articulating what was already on my heart. Like God had already kind of laid on my heart what I wanted for our kids someday. And I wasn't married or anything, but um, you know, I think God just sometimes has a way of doing that. And so I read through um, that book, and I think I read another one as well, but. Like I said, everything they said just seemed to make sense and resonated with what was kind of already in my heart. And then I happened to meet a family that homeschooled that was just so amazing to me. Their kids were funny, they were engaging, they were smart, they thought outside the box. And I just, I was just so impressed with them that I thought, gosh, I think this homeschooling stuff could really work, you know. And so um, eventually, you know, I met my husband and I I told him, I said, I'd really like to homeschool our kids. And he was completely on board. And fortunately, his brother and sister-in-law had been homeschooling for a year or two. So he was somewhat familiar with it. And so that's kind of how we landed um, into a place of homeschooling.
0: Wow, that is such that's such a cool story Um, because those were kind of the early days of homeschooling what what year um i believe you said your youngest or your oldest rather was born in 1991 so what right. year did you actually start homeschooling then
1: Well you know i i always that's actually a question i ask all the time when do you start home homeschool- i think yes. you start homeschooling birth you know that's what i
0: always <laughs> say yeah
1: absolutely think, yeah you know, we I always I always tell moms, you know, we, we don't even think twice about teaching our kids how to walk and mm-hmm. how to talk, and we just it comes so naturally. But the mm-hmm. second it's time to start school or do something like learning yeah. to read, we freak out, <laughs>
0: and exactly. it's like exactly, I say the same thing. You know, things. God's given us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, God's given us this ability to mother and nurture our kids in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that homeschooling flows beautifully out of that Exactly.
0: Place. Ah, yes, we are so we're so on the same wavelength about all of that, because <laughs> um, I, I think the same thing. Why do we all of a sudden, you know, the minute they turn five, all of a sudden it's like flipped into school mode. Even a lot of homeschoolers, you know, it's like mm-hmm. there's this segmented idea, this mindset that all of a sudden well, we have to put on our teacher hat now, and and now right. we're in teacher mode, and then, okay, take the teacher hat and work on character training, or, or, or teach them how to cook. It's like, wait right. a minute, Th- that's teaching, too. It's all learning, all of these it things is all learning. that we do in life. It is.
1: And you- and I think it's interesting too because I often will remind moms that you are you're mom first
0: mm-hmm.
1: and teacher second. And so much of the time that teaching just comes naturally from uh from a position of motherhood, from that mm-hmm. place of nurturing. And that's the most beautiful education ever because it's so relational and it's yeah. so warm and loving. And you know, Doctor Moore, I guess that's one of the things that I loved about him is he said that for the, you know, pretty much across the board, if, a, if parents are warm and loving and engaged, the children are going to learn. Mm-hmm. Because children are natural learners, and when you've got that warm relationship and that great home environment, kids just are, they're naturally curious and um, they, they love to learn. We know that. We watch these, you've seen a toddler, you know, when they're walking along and they just want to look under everything and look at everything and investigate everything. That's, that is a gift. And I feel like that's a gift to us as homeschooling parents that we need to focus on and encourage instead of trying to, um, you know, slam all kinds of information in them um, and then have them spit the information back out. That's not learning.
0: No, no. You know, and
1: so learning is so uh, multi-sensory, it's experiential, it's, it's hands, it's, it's, you know, it's touching things, it's feeling and smelling and tasting and Living all these life. senses. And <laughs> exactly. And this is where we, this is where they connect the dots, you know, we, we tend to look at learning as linear, which is something along the lines of, well, if we do A, B, C and D, every child will land in this particular spot. And that's mm-hmm. simply not true. It's exactly. more like a network, and yeah. all these little dots connect over time.
0: Exactly. Oh, that's so true. I mean, I even remember, I've I've shared this before. I'm not sure if I've shared it on this podcast, but just that idea of the dots connecting and, and just allowing life to just happen organically, the learning to happen organically. I remember when I was um, in fifth grade in particular, I had a teacher who was very... Um, he just shared a lot of wisdom with us. And it was funny because I remember, you know, it's kind of like you read things in the Bible and Jesus says these things and you're like, huh, (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) What did he mean there? And as you grow in your spiritual walk, all of a sudden it starts to make sense. And those dots are connected. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mm -hmm. this teacher, he had so much wisdom. Um, He used to be a missionary and he just would share these stories. And, and he really focused on the character training, um, and I was fortunate to go to a Christian school, but but he would say these things that I didn't understand. And then years later, oh, that's what mm-hmm. he meant. It would exactly. come back. And so I think... Yeah, oh, but, sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just thinking that what was happening there was he was, he was it was exposure. If mm-hmm. we could think of the early years as mostly just exposing them to different things, not necessarily expecting them... To um, wrap their heads completely around yes. it, but to just expose them to it, and and then, like you said, over time, as your brain developed and your body developed, the dots connected. But it's that's a faith walk, you know. As homeschooling parents, you're really stepping out, and you're saying, "I'm going to trust that in this natural ability of, of uh, my kids to learn and uh, their natural curiosity that God has put in them." And, and pray that he will engage that, that he will get that, you know, just really get that fire going for them. I think they're born with it. We snuff it out when we try to do too many things that just aren't a good fit for them.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and
1: that's, that's what I loved about Raymond Moore is his, his big thing was waiting uh, to do book work and things like that, um, not to be in a hurry. I think one of his books is Better Late Than Early. Um, and he had a lot of good reasons for that. There, everybody is so hep on this, you know, um, you know, early childhood education. And, you know, if you're talking about diving into books, I don't, I mean, unless the child is initiating that, I would say don't. Just take it slow and and do life together you know
0: yeah exactly it is a faith walk and I love that you brought that up we come back to this theme all the time on this podcast um, because it is so it's it's so central to our Christian walk I mean in everything we should be walking by faith the Bible says that just shall live by faith. And homeschooling, right. this homeschooling we're doing with our children, it's its part of that walk. It's part of the faith walk where we're not always going to know the end. We're not, God doesn't always lay everything out clearly to us. We may choose curriculum. Mm-hmm. We may kind of have, have a direction that we think he's leading us to go. But we mm-hmm. have to have the humility and the flexibility and the faith to just let go of that right after we plan it, (laughs) you know? Right, right. Here are my plans, Lord. Now you take them and do what you want with them and live everyday life and see what he brings into each day because I don't think I've ever... Had a schedule go perfectly, even a daily schedule, which you think you could control no. that twenty-four hours to a degree. <laughs> but you know, we can't. We don't know. Where or maybe we's... even
1: just an hour, right? But, We'd yeah. settle for an hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but it doesn't work that way, and and that's intentional by God's design because He needs us to trust in Him. He's in That's control. right. That's right.
1: And if that's we right, and to... you know go
0: ahead oh i was just going to say if we want to control everything then that's and that's antithesis to faith that's not right you're not trusting in god then
1: that's right. That's right. And you know, God, you know, we're not. I, I know that you and I aren't. We aren't talking about chaos, so we don't want right, to convey right. that message. That you know, we're just sort of like
0: exactly.
1: bouncing around throughout the day. Like you said, we have a plan, but God directs our steps. That that's mm-hmm. a you know that's a verse in Proverbs. But I use that you verse know, so we do. Time. Uh, Yeah, because, you know, God really does. He does direct our steps, Mm -hmm. you know, and he will give us a framework maybe to work from. Like we always had a basic routine every day, Mm -hmm. But, um, but we had flexibility within that routine. And I think that was really, really important. And God is a God of order, but often that order looks different than what we think it's going to look like.
0: Exactly. Well, and that's where I come back to the verse in Matthew: Seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's He's Mm -hmm. telling us where to start every day. You seek first His kingdom, and that's in everything. So I was just thinking about it this morning. We have days when, because we do the same thing, we have a general routine that we follow. But we have days where, for one reason or another, we don't get past the, with my youngest, he's six. So I'm, I'm more focused mm-hmm. with the, the um, you know, being intentional with him. Not that I'm not intentional with my other kids, but, you know, they're kind of off on their own. I know. But we have right. days where, with Corbin, we won't get past the Bible copy work or, right. or the listening to verses or just, Even just the character training, you know, I went in the bedroom with him this morning and spent 30 minutes talking about something I was not liking that I was seeing. And we have to, at the end of the day, say, you know what, that's okay. We didn't do any academics today, but that's okay because we sought first God's kingdom. We focused on the spiritual and the rest will come. We have to have faith that that, that fruit will come from the academics when, when we can get to those things. Because, right, right. You know, and what,
1: the, what you're laying, yeah, what you're laying there is a fo- a foundation of character, and the character okay. is what's going to get them through the higher learning.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, and so and the thing that's interesting is, you know, I often talk to parents about um, unhurried homeschooling, and that's the idea behind unhurried homeschooling is that it's not it isn't a method; it's a mentality of yes. basically building enough white space and margin in your day that you have the time to deal with character issues in a good way. Because you know, none of us, as we're trying to rush out the door from thing to thing, is going to handle a character issue. You as well, if we're in a hurry.
0: Right, exactly. That's so true, too. Um, so and while we're talking about your book, why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? I love the title, by the way, of of your book. Um, and and uh, now I just lost it. It's here in front of me somewhere. Oh, a mercifully <laughs> short book on homeschooling. <laughs> because you know, who, who of us finishes a book, a homeschooling mom, you know, let's say right. like we, we start them and we kind of get get the first few chapters but that that kind of made me laugh
1: <laughs> yeah that well that's because I'm, I'm completely that person who I think oh, that book looks so good <laughs> rarely do I make it through a whole book if I make it through a whole book I let everybody know about the book because it must have been good it's funny. <laughs> or I was on vacation <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly
1: so, yeah, I, you know, it was interesting. My husband and I were, we had taken a weekend together and we were driving home and out of the blue, he says to me, I think you should write a book. And mm. I, I said, what? And he said, you, you should write a book. And I said, on what? <laughs> <laughs> and he, he said, you should write a book on homeschooling. I started laughing because I said, who in the world would want to hear what I have to say? Our homeschooling mm. was so simple and straightforward. And he goes, that's exactly why you need to yeah. write it. Exactly, and and so I published that t- uh, book two years ago, and I am I have moms constantly saying, "Thank your husband for telling you to write mm. the book," <laughs> but yeah, I just I felt like. I needed to write it in a format that I could have handled, you know, years right. ago with eight kids at home. You can read this book in less than two hours. And, mm. you know, a couple can take it and read it together. It's a doable thing for them to do it together, which I always highly recommend because you want both parents on the same page. Right. I think that's really important. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the story behind the mercifully Short.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And then you have another book as well, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. So was that your second book then?
1: Yeah, that one I just released January 22nd. And what that is, is a 31-day devotional written just for moms. And there are actually a, a handful that are written directly to homeschooling moms as well. Um, I just felt like, in you know, it always starts with, It always starts with God, like you were talking about, seeking first His kingdom. And it is so hard as moms sometimes to find that time to be in the Word, and we need something that's going to bring us there, uh, but take us deeper than just skimming a verse or two. And my frustration over the years was looking for a devotional that would not just skim one or two verses, what would actually go through a short passage so that I could really gain understanding of God's word a little bit at a time. And then, so that's what I did in this in this devotional. And I, um, there's a place in there for a response. My part behind it was that moms would, first of all, grow in their knowledge of the Word, but second of all, really learn to hear from Him, because I'm telling you, this homeschooling thing is not for the faint-hearted, and, and and neither is this mom thing. You know, we need to hear from the Lord, and we need to know what He has for our families, and so this is, the idea is to tune into that, to really start to hone in and really be able to listen and, and to hear what He's saying, because everything else is just shouting at us so loudly, you know, between technology and just everything is so loud. It's just a time to just step back and, you know, get quiet for a few minutes with the Lord and, and really hear from Him. And in the devotions, I share a lot of the application, a lot of application towards motherhood, because that was the other thing is I would find these devotionals, but there wasn't really a great application towards motherhood. So I thought, well... I haven't seen a book out there like that, so I guess I'll write it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what you do. If you can't find it, you yeah, write that's, it yourself. <laughs> that's, that's really the heart behind it. That's great. That's really, that's really great. Yeah, again, going back to that idea, I mean, even this morning, I, I have been a little more rushed in the mornings, I've noticed, the past few weeks. And I thought, you know, I've got to get back into really digging into the Word and really praying and I had already woken up a little bit late, but I'm like, you know what? Nope, I don't care. I should have gone to bed earlier, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to stay in this <laughs> bed and do my devotions for an hour. And so I did, oh. and it was just so refreshing. And I told my husband, you know, I'm coming out here getting breakfast. We're not eating till about 10, but I feel great <laughs> because I've, I've been <laughs> well, in the Word. And, and it's amazing. The right. Lord provides clarity in that for the day. And it's like, I know mm-hmm. exactly what I'm supposed to do. So right,
1: and and the whole idea I think between uh, as far as quiet time goes with the Lord is you know I I wrote these devotionals in mom size length so that Mm -hmm. they can get through them in a you know a a mom length of time you know Mm -hmm. probably fifteen minutes twenty minutes Um, and you know I think it's so important it's so easy to get under condemnation yeah. uh, you know when we're not having that time with the lord but at the same time you're right it is so important and i think god really looks at our hearts and he's oh, yes. he's looking at are we continually just realigning and re uh, centering our our hearts with his you know
0: Absolutely. so that's yeah, and it's, awesome yeah and it's not about I totally agree it's not about the length of time I certainly don't do an hour every morning but but um. definitely <laughs> but you needed it
1: this morning and God provided it that's I awesome did.
0: and so it's wonderful and and you're so right you know it, it's important not to fall under that condemnation because he can also give you something very deep in just that 15 minutes so I love that you've provided that for moms because I think it's easy to say oh you know when you feel like it's got to be this length of time or it's it's right you know then you can kind of just throw the whole thing out well I don't have time today
1: but exactly to have something
0: manageable like that is it's so good
1: Right, and then to just be taking that and meditating on it throughout the day, just remembering yeah. it, and you know, I think that's just we want to we want to carry that into our days, not just check it off of our list, exactly. you know, which is easy to do, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And, yep. Again, we go into that list checking mode, and right, and, yeah, but it's <laughs> it's so true, and and it goes back again to the whole idea of of life being learning and everything being integrated. We should have God's word, and and we should have that all integrated into our day. Um, I have prayer cards. I just printed up this morning, actually, to pray for my kids. And I put them at the sink because, you know, what are you going to do when you're standing there washing your yeah. the dishes? You could worry about stuff <laughs> exactly. or you could think about <laughs> useless things. But why not pray? So, that's you know, awesome. I think that's something else that, that we have to keep in mind is, is to keep that, again, it's just keeping that focus on the Lord throughout our day. That's right. Um, right. And, you know, I... I really want moms to understand all of this. And and again, I'm just so glad that we can talk about these things today. So tell me, let's go back. Um, there was something I read on your site that I really loved. It just resonated with me because you were talking about how today's homeschooling parents are just bombarded with all this information about what's best for children. And I think the more we see homeschooling become popular, the more it's becoming more Just like school, bringing school that whole school model home, and this system Mm -hmm. of doing things, which again takes out that faith element. It's just the system that we've, we or someone else usually has created. Um, And I see so many parents, so many moms, um, not doing. I was thinking today about how you don't see field trips anymore. You don't see the moms getting together with their kids and. Mm -hmm. And just doing life together because they're so busy with the academics or particularly the co-ops in our area are huge, which I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get legalistic and say these things are wrong, but it's where is our focus? And so it really Mm -hmm. resonated with me. You said in an effort to do what we think will ultimately benefit our children, we are in fact robbing them of the very thing they need to engage in higher learning and become well-adjusted adults the results are that our kids are having to cope with the complexities of adulthood and losing their one chance to be a kid that I underline Mm. that because that was just so, Mm. that is, is the whole core of it. I mean, it breaks my heart when I see these parents so focused on academics and everyone wants their child to be so smart. And, and, and some of that is, is, a good drive, we don't want to raise ignorant children and we want them to be successful for the Lord and for His glory. But I just think we've lost our focus. So tell me a little bit more about about, um, this whole idea of them losing their one chance to be a child and how how important did you see play as being for your children?
1: Well, we're only offered one childhood. And um, as parents, that you know that responsibility lies on our shoulders as to whether our kids are going to actually be allowed to be kids mm-hmm. we we make those decisions for them and so we you know kids are kids no matter what culture you live in no matter how much the te- you know a lot of people would argue that you know well the culture has changed you know there's all this technology there's all these things and the, our kids need to start early because there's so much that they need to mm-hmm. uh, keep up with and in the 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 truth of the matter is that's a lie it is a lie and it is and we're exchanging that and giving up we're we're ta- we're sacrificing our kids' childhood based on a lie mm-hmm. because kids are kids no matter what culture no matter what time they're living in they still need to go through the normal developmental stages that mm-hmm. every child needs to go through and when we push an adult version of education on our children, it is not a good fit for them because developmentally, they're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. They're just not ready. And I think we would never take a three-month-old child and demand that that child walk right now. (laughs) I want you to walk now. They simply can't do it. It's not going to happen. And yet when the time comes, you notice they're trying to stand. You notice they're trying to take a step. And so you work with them to accomplish that and that's the idea is we want our kids to be able to play and play is a huge huge part of preparing kids for higher learning i mean i'm telling you all you have to go all you have to do is google the benefits of play and thousands of articles will come up Mm, um, from all kinds of resources christian and non-christian that will convince you beyond Mm -hmm. belief how important Important play is, and sometimes we just have to go and read those things again to remind ourselves how important play is. We tend to um, minimize it because we yeah. think this, this other these other things. This we got to do the bookwork. We got to do the educational "quote unquote" things. Right. I'm telling you, what is more educational than a kid playing outside and having the? Um, the ability to have their own thoughts because what I found with our kids is uh, they learned how they learn by being outside, by experimenting, by trying things out, by, um, you know, trying something and failing and then figuring out how can I make this work? These are all, these are all thought processes that are essential for higher learning. Mm -hmm. And so, it and and also you know part of that picture is the sensory. Um, when kids are playing, when they're experiencing things with all of their senses, they those dots really start to connect for them, and it just like I said, it just lays an amazing foundation for our kids. But it requires us to simplify and to give them time and space to do that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I so agree with you on that whole point. And in fact, my youngest, who is six and turned six in the fall, we really didn't start formal schooling until this spring. I mean, well, not it's not spring yet, but until January of mm-hmm. uh, this semester, right. because playing is just so important. And I think it's funny how I think we all know that. I think every parent knows that intellectually. But it's I like agree. They don't connect the dots, and it's like, yeah, yeah, play's really important. Let's schedule it in between math and science.
1: Right. Um, well, you know what? It's really rooted in. I believe most of the time it's rooted in fear.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And there, we're believing what we're hearing around us, you know, but at and we're we're having a hard time actually walking out what we know to be true. Right. Right. And. When I post things on my Facebook page about the other day I posted something about rough housing and how beneficial that is for kids and the different different ways that it grows them and it I'm telling you that thing got shared I can't even tell you how many times hmm. it, it, it was ridiculous but every time I put something up that says how, how important play is, how important you know just kids being kids it's like It resonates. It Mm. resonates with parents because they know that it's true. But the trick is getting from knowing it in your head to believing it in your heart and then following through on it. But we have to, this is our job as parents. Our job is to um, protect our kids from things that aren't good for them. And if that adult version of education or that certain thing isn't a good fit for them, it's our job to say no to it.
0: Mm. That's so true. That's, that's a really good way to look at it. It's a form of protection for our children. It really is. Um,
1: You're protecting their childhood, basically.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And protecting them from the stress. Uh, I was just reading an article today. Now, this was about an older child, but um, actually college age. But, you know, that, that stress that comes, like you were saying before, when we're requiring something of them that they're not capable of yet. <clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me that they're developmentally not ready for um and, right. and that's just again it just breaks my heart to think about that and parents who like you said are out of fear requiring these things and it's all fear and I think that's why articles like that get shared so much and why they resonate they do. so much because it's mm-hmm. like that helps to alleviate our fear <clears throat> excuse right. me and to remind us that it's okay it's okay. If exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. But that just sends a clear message to me that that you're right. Parents do get it. They they deep down in their hearts, they actually know these things are good for their kids. And mm-hmm. this is this is something that um, we as parents need to be courageous enough to um, listen to that gut instinct that God's given us. Because God has given us these children; they're a gift. But they're also they are also a responsibility, and he shoulders us with that because it's it's what's a good fit for us. Our particular children are a good fit for us. Now there are days you will have a hard time believing that that's even <laughs> true, but
0: <laughs>
1: but the truth is uh-huh. that there's a whole lot going on in that whole parent child relationship. I learned from uh, so much. I tell my kids I learn more from them as we homeschooled them through the years than they ever learned from me. Hmm. And because, you know, it was all, um, it was a family affair, you know, it was a, a lifestyle for our family. And so, um, we learned together and we learned lots of different things. It wasn't just about math and, and language and science and, um, history. It was about, um, about people, learning mm-hmm. about personalities, learning about conflict and how to resolve it and, you know, how do we handle anger and what are our red flags? How do we know when we're starting to, you know, go down a road we shouldn't and what do we do to stop it? And, you know, how do we help each other? And just, it's just, the list goes on and on and on. But but we've got to hone in on that, on well, um, and- that instinct that God's put in
0: us. Exactly, and it, aren't those like you listed off these things, think about how broad based those lessons are and how much of life they will help our children with to learn interpersonal relationship skills, how to, um, you know, avoid how to handle conflict, how to handle anger. Right. These are very important lessons. And they are, we have to, we have to keep these things in mind as we're going through our, our academics and going through our day, because it's so easy, again, to think that the academics are primary, but if you don't know how to an- handle your anger or if you don't know how to how to deal with other people um, properly, how are you going to be in the workplace? How are you going to hold down a job? Or how are you going to have a business if you go the entrepreneurship route? You know, these are very fundamental skills for all of life. And I they would really say are. probably more important than... Well, I mean, they are more important than the academics. Let's just say it outright, even though it's strange to say that in homeschooling, that these are more important lessons, but they truly, truly are. It's like my husband says, you know, why do I need to have you spit back facts to me? I have Google for that. (laughs) You know, it's right. We live in this information age where the things we need to know are right at our fingertips. And, I, I'm, mm-hmm. again, I don't want to minimize the academics to the point that, oh, just throw them all out. I'm not saying that. But we have to remember that at the end of the day, if, if our kids, if we don't teach them every single thing that we maybe need to academically or that other people may say that we need to, they have access to that. And they can, can, they can fill in the holes themselves as long as they have that love for learning and they have the character and and the fortitude to do it, then that's what counts.
1: Yeah, there's a gentleman named Tim Elmore, and he has a website called growingleaders.com. And he is a Christian man, but he is really reaching a very broad audience. And one of the things that he talks about is uh, he he really talks a lot about reaching this particular generation um, educationally and changing the way that we think about education because he said he says the same thing this information is at their fingertips the truth is that most students most kids in this generation um, are getting their information from somewhere else so as parents and as educators our job is to teach them discernment Mm -hmm. to give them a wisdom and discernment so that they can handle whatever comes down the pike because the bottom line is we don't know where technology is going. We don't know we couldn't have guessed 10 years ago that we would be where we are today. Hmm. So nobody could have predicted that and nobody could have planned for it and it's all happening at warp speed. So as parents, here we sit going, how do I even begin to prepare my kids? You prepare them through character training. You prepare them for real life through real life. Hmm. And teach them how to handle themselves, how to have self control how to know what are limits you know when it comes to technology not you know I'm gonna I'm just gonna take your phone away I'm gonna put all these filters on it and, and and I know that those things right. can be helpful and they're necessary in certain scenarios but the bottom line is we've got to teach them to have those controls themselves Exactly. and so when you talk about that character I can attest we've got five kids graduated and I have talked to numerous um employers, potential employers, not only for them, but uh, other business owners and people that we know um, and have met along the way. And unfailingly, they tell us that we can teach the skills. We're happy to do that. We cannot teach the character. If they don't have the character and they don't have the work ethic and they don't have the people skills we can't teach them that we right. can only teach them the the job skills and so you send your kids out with people skills work ethic and this self control and a and a integrity and honesty and faithfulness and all these things they're going to rock any job that yeah. they do and and this is the feedback we get from the different employers that our our kids have worked for and are working for they love our kids hmm. They, they want to keep them as employees. They, uh, they just, it's, it's very rewarding as a parent to, to finally be able to see that it really was the character mm. that mattered. And doing the basics in schoolwork, of course, we want them to be able to read and write and do basic math. And, you know, we, we keep pursuing those things. But the bottom line is they've got to have that other stuff.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, and it's so encouraging for those of us who are not yet at the end of the road, but we can see it coming. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, just to hear from a veteran homeschooler, those words, you know, and and that mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. it is all worth it, because it does get a little scary as your kids get older and they get into those high school years and. You start That's to right. wonder, you know, are we doing everything we need to do? Is he, Are they going right. the college route? Are they going to go entrepreneurship route? And how do we need to prepare them? It's really reassuring to hear you say that, you know, it's all worth that focus on the character and, mm-hmm. and on these other mm-hmm. things. Um, and it will work out.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so important to understand that, you know, if we take the time to listen to the Lord... And to hear from him for what's best for our family, and and walk in obedience to that, God is not going to fail us. Mm-hmm. He is going to. I have watched him fill in gaps. I have watched him just work amazingly. And you know, I, I can tell you for a fact that at different age, at uh, different points in, is maybe probably mostly in the younger years, my kids probably. We're not at grade level on a lot of things. But what I found was that kids can learn very quickly when they're ready. So um, I always liken it to like you digging post holes in Alaska. Like you can go outside in the winter and chink, chink, chink in the ice every day if you want to. (laughs) Or you can wait for the spring thaw, you know. So in my That's mind, great. I'm thinking, okay, we're hitting a wall here. Let's wait for the thaw. The thaw <laughs> will happen eventually, and and it does. And they and they take these leaps forward. But the the, the key in all of this, and I just I, is this is so important, is to from the very beginning, a little bit at a time, encourage them to own everything they're doing, whether they're doing chores. Whether they're doing schoolwork, you, we want them to own what they're doing because that was the that was the key. When it got when they, we got to the high school years, when the years the years that we all get really nervous about, right? <laughs> um, when we get to those years, if our kids own what they're doing, they will take it from there. And what I told our kids, um, I warned them ahead of time. You know, starting in you know sixth grade seventh grade i said okay when we when you get into ninth grade um we're gonna you're going to earn that diploma i am not going to hold your hand i'm not going to babysit you i'm not gonna look over your shoulder all the time you are going to meet these credits and it's going to be your deal so they knew ahead of time and what happened was i would see them start to like prepare themselves, you know, in junior high, (laughs) where they would see them owning more and more. And that's a perfect age developmentally for them to start to understand what that means and to start to do that a little bit at a time. So by the time they got in high school, we sat down and I was like, okay, here's, here's a transcript. These are the requirements that you are gonna need to meet in order to get that diploma. Let's talk about how you're gonna do that. And I would let them, and I did this some in grade school too, but especially in high school, I would say, okay, you're, you need a biology credit. So how do you wanna do that? I've got these three options. And I would I would go and pick out what were acceptable options to me, for them to get that credit, and but they could choose from those options. So that also encouraged ownership, where they would say, you know, if they complained about it, I'm like, this was your choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: this, sorry, <laughs> you chose,
1: and yeah, we're gonna go ahead and fin- You need to see it through to the end, you know. So, so that was a that was a big part of um, our homeschooling was was. Uh, Making sure we were covering the basics, but also encouraging that ownership in whatever they were
0: doing, right? Well, and you're training them how to be an adult basically, you know, and the same thing as you mentioned before even with these things that You know like uh, filters on the internet these types of things we have to train them to be adults because when they get out of our house we're not going over to their house and sticking a filter on their computer and we're not going over and checking up and making That's sure right. that they finish their housework and all these things. That's they right. They have to be trained right. um, how to grow mm-hmm. up and how to be an adult and, and they need to love the Lord above all else so that they will want to um, to have good character and, and, and do what's right.
1: That's right. And part of <coughs> a big part of that picture is us living that out Um, in front of them and alongside Mm -hmm. of them Mm -hmm. so if we're going to talk to them about it we better be living it ourselves and so i better have some parameters on um, my phone time and my computer time and things like that and uh, some you know just just normal adult parameters and and uh, you know i there are times that you know i did some long hard praying over technology and lord how do i handle this what do i do how do we handle this and I would talk with my husband about it and he always brought good balance to it as well but you know I can honestly say there are also times God woke me up during the night Mm -hmm. and said you need to talk to this child or check on this child uh, regarding this Mm -hmm. and um, so you know it's just it is a listening to the Lord honing in on what does he have for your family because God has he has good for our families he has a good plan and he has good for us, not harm. And so why wouldn't we want to hear what that good is for us?
0: Exactly. And, and it's so true that we have to learn to listen because so often mm-hmm. we're operating in our flesh, even, even though we may be doing some things that, that would seem good and that would, would seem to make sense, we have to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit and how to operate in the Spirit because we don't know everything <laughs> and we can't see That's everything. Right. and we don't know our children's right. hearts. So right, it is That's so important. Right. I totally agree on that.
1: Yeah. And I love my favorite verses in James one where it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously mm-hmm. without reproach and it will be given to him, but he must believe and not doubt because what happens is our, our loyalty is divided. If we're still trying to keep one foot in the world trying to gain wisdom from the world um it's going to wreck that ability to really hear from him Mm -hmm. and and so god wants us to be fully aligned with him i'm not saying he can't he doesn't use things like the internet and things to teach us and to give us wisdom but you know it's we've got to go to him first and and ask him to show us what's him and what isn't
0: exactly so share with us a little bit um before we close, as I was saying before, it's always so encouraging for moms like me to hear from, from moms like you who have, have seen their children through to the end of the process. Share with us a little bit about your family, about what, what your typical day looked like, and then where your children are today and the success that God has, has given them. I'd love to just hear more about that.
1: Okay. Well, um, our typical day, when everyone was home and we, we had all the, these all these kids home homeschooling, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> eight eight is a lot. Um, yes. But we, like I said before, we kept to the basics. Um, we always made sure that we got through the three R's in the morning. We were typically done by noon, unless you know sometimes junior high high school might have taken a little bit past lunch, but. Um, for, all the way through high school our kids at least had a, um, a couple of hours in every afternoon to just pursue their interests to try things out to experiment to explore um i just thought that was so important for them to have that that time and sometimes they spent it with each other and they just um my kids tell me stories about you know when they would play outside um it was great for me, too, because it gave me a chance to do some things I needed to do. So it was a good fit for us. You know, this is just how God led our family. And we happened to live way out in the country at the time. So we didn't have neighbors. We were on mm. 21 acres. Sounds and so the kids, <laughs> you know, fun and they made forts and they created their own cultures and societies. And they had, you know, bartering going on and everybody had their different jobs they had property and if you trespassed, there were consequences to i mean so they had the whole thing going on out there and and they did that and they experiment of course you know there's always bike jumps and so there's (laughs) just you were just always doing things there were airsoft wars there you know they dug um forts built forts it just the list goes on they just did tons of things like that and we had animals and So that's kind of what our days look like for many, many years. But I really felt like it was important for them to have the afternoons, um, at least a couple of hours, to just sort of have their own thoughts, um, follow their interests and things like that. And they all, to this day... um, They've just, thank, they've just thanked us over and over again for letting them have a childhood, for giving them that time to play and how much they learned from it oh, and great. how much they enjoyed it and have such great memories. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, our, our, we, our two oldest are girls, and um, sometimes they spent that time reading, drawing, you know. Of course, the boys tended to be the, the wild ones outside mm-hmm. doing crazy things. But sometimes the girls were out there with them too. So, um, but our two oldest girls are... Uh, both married and uh, one has three the other has one little girl and so um, they are busy as wives and moms which is something that was always it was always a desire of their heart to do they have lots of other interests um, as far as you know hobbies and things like that photography and um, you know just writing and so it's fun to see them having their hobbies but also being these great wives and moms and um so that's what they're currently doing they both had jobs in between from the time they graduated to the time that they were uh, got married and um just like i said before we just got great feedback on um just what great workers they were how good they were with people and mm-hmm. um so that was kind of our experience with them. Our third child uh, is our first boy, and he is a software engineer. He's 23, and he started college at 16. He he is a funny, funny, funny story. I, I won't go, I shoot, we don't have time for this, but um, I won't tell you the story. <laughs> we have story. a few minutes. <laughs> but the, the, the bottom line is, um, so this kid comes to me at Barnes and Noble, and he's 12, he doesn't like reading, and I'm praying, God, please just, You know, can, can, should I be pushing him? And God just kept saying, no, just when he finds the right thing, it'll be fine. Just be patient, be patient. I'm like, he's 12, you know, you know, I'm getting really nervous, you know. So I just keep praying and praying and God keeps saying, wait, wait, wait. So he comes to me, uh, we're at the Barnes and Noble and all of our kids get to pick out a book. And so he brings me a book and he says, mom, will you buy this book for me? And I look at it and I'm like, what is this? It said C plus plus. I'm like, I have no idea what this is. And he said, Oh, it's a book on coding. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> it's a book on computer coding. I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, are you serious? You know, and so my mom brain is like, how can I how can I use this to my advantage? And so I, I said, to him, I said, I will buy you that book, but you have to read it from beginning to end. He goes, I will. I said, okay. So I bought the book. He read the thing all the way through, and then he read another one and another one and another one. Oh, my goodness. So I, I, yeah, and he never liked, he was never a big fan of language arts. I had the hardest time getting him to do much of anything, but I did make him read and write a summary every day. And then I try to, you know, insert other things in between <laughs> when I could get it. So that was the extent of his language arts, okay? So he fast That's forward funny. four years he's taking his entrance exam at college and I am like sweating bullets I'm thinking okay this is when it's all gonna come crashing down and I'm gonna find (laughs) out I am a stinking homeschool mom I'm no good at this right and so he he comes back and I said so how did it go and and I'm kind of wincing a little bit you know and he goes oh I aced it and I said what you aced the in- entrance exam on, you know, for English, and he said, "Yeah, mom, you you taught us to speak well at home. It's it's you you had us write summaries, um, we read books. Um, that's really all I needed to know." <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that was interesting was. I- it was just like God was saying, see, I've got this. I've totally got this. So at this point now, this kid is owning his education. He wanted to do this dual enrollment. He wanted to start college and get go on the fast track to college because he knew he wanted to be a software engineer. Hmm. He knew that's what he was made for. Like this is what excited him and gave him energy. And that's what we want to look for in our kids. And so he found this passion and he owned it. So, which meant that when he started college and he started into some pretty heavy English classes, he still did fantastically because he owned it. And the thing that was interesting about it was that when he, the, his first class that he went into, his, the English professor said, everything you learned in high school, forget about it. We're going to teach you something different.
0: Hmm.
1: And so if I had spent all this time investing into what I thought he was going to need, and I'm not saying that we don't prepare our kids. If God puts something in front of you and says He needs to do this, this, and do it, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the way it was for us. And and he um, and he went in there and he rocked it. He did great. He graduated. Um, he went two years, uh, graduated as a senior. Uh, senior in high school so he graduated from high school and got his AA at the same time then he went to school three more years because a computer science degree requires a lot of credits at this particular school that he went to and um, and he graduated at 21 and he's been a software engineer for the last year and a half and he is doing really really well so Mm -hmm. that was his story but you know they don't all find out at 12 what they want to do for the rest of their life (laughs) Right, <laughs> that is the exception, not the rule. And so, you know, our next one is twenty. at Ben, and he is, um, he's working at a, a, it's called Fish Hippie Clothing Distribution. Um, it's an <laughs> online clothing store. And so he works in the distribution. He was working at the, at the restaurant downstairs, and they just moved him up to distribution. And he's just kind of exploring, and he knows he doesn't want to go to college. He's just kind of exploring different things, and we're just walking alongside of him with that and praying that God will, you know, reveal himself um, in, in good time. And then our next son, Luke, he graduated a year early, and he spent the last uh, year and a half just working he went to uh, college for a quarter and he said I need something that is not so uh, it was a public college Um, it was a community college and it was just too political for him he couldn't he just couldn't handle it he said I just I don't belong here This I'm not comfortable here I feel like this is a lot of wasted time and um, I think there's a better way so we said okay you know so he pulled back from that and he just worked the next year and a half and he just recently, was accepted to um, a pretty high-level apprenticeship program called Praxis, and he is basically doing uh, six months online, and then he'll do six months speed internship. And ninety-six uh, percent of the kids who graduate from this are asked to stay at the company that they intern at, and uh, it's it's a very successful. Uh, apprenticeship program so he is really excited that the lord is finally moving him in a specific direction but there was some waiting on the lord that we had to do after high school and this is one thing that i want parents to hear it it isn't going to be i I don't think our kids should be pressured to know at 18 what it is they're going to do i think that they should still be productive like our boys were still working and our rule was if you're going to If you are going to go to college full-time, you can live with us. We will provide that for you. Um, We won't charge you any rent. But if you're graduated, you need to be working. You need to be either paying us rent if you're going to live with us or you need to move out on your own and be adulting. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so that that was our requirement because we wanted them to keep moving forward. We're seeing a lot of kids who are just sort of getting stuck. And we don't want our kids to get stuck. So it's this gentle kind of tug of war, you know, thing that's going on where you're just, you know, praying, asking God for wisdom, talking, having good communication with your adult kids, and helping them move into that, um, whatever it is that God has for them. So I hope that all made sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> it's good stuff. I mean, I think it's so important for, for people to be reminded that, First of all, not every path of every child is going to look the same. And secondly, yeah. it's okay. It's okay to have some some time in between there where you're waiting and you're just listening right. and waiting to see mm-hmm. how the Lord's going to direct you. Because we have to get out of this mentality that every child needs to do things the same. Every child needs to graduate by 18, go to college, and, you know, move on with the path. That's not necessarily the path for every single child. And and isn't it crazy that we would think it has to be that way?
1: Exactly. And it's actually becoming, yeah, and it's becoming less and less relevant the more time goes on. Employers are caring less about the diploma and more about the character. And so if we can just get those kids trained up well um, have them own what they're doing, um, you know, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know right now, you know we talk about hearing from the lord. it's not just about us hearing from the Lord, it's teaching our kids like we we can't really actually teach them all we can do is model it for them mm-hmm. and then walk alongside them as they learn to hear from the Lord for themselves, and that's kind of what our boys have been doing as they've graduated and just sort of been in this waiting period, and that's more important than anything we want our kids to know what is the Lord's voice when they hear it, you know, when they hear it and to walk in obedience to it.
0: Absolutely. And it's so true. It's so much of this whole life schooling, homeschooling process is, is modeling, is being Mm -hmm. the godly parents that we need to be in order for our children to see an example and, and follow that because that is so Mm -hmm. much more powerful than anything we can say. Um, Absolutely. It,
1: exactly. And it's not just our behavior. It's the kids are so smart. They know when we're faking it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: just if you're if we're a parent that's faking it, you should just stop now because your kids already know. <laughs> you yes. it's got to be real. It's got to be authentic. They can sense hypocrisy mm-hmm. a mile away. So Especially we just teenagers. need to be real with our kids. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and they're not afraid to tell you about it either, exactly. are they?
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They they have a keen sense for that.
1: right like really did you have to say that out loud because I was really hoping I could just like (laughs) skate by that you know and nobody would know
0: (laughs) yeah fake it (laughs) (laughs) exactly oh goodness so as we just wrap things up for the day Dorenda share with us one more time the name of your books your two books that you've written and where can our listeners find those
1: Okay, the first book is The Unhurried Homeschooler, and the second book is Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, and both of those can be found on Amazon.
0: Awesome, like so many other things, right? (laughs) Well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today, Dorenda, and I know that our listeners were really encouraged by everything that you had to say. So just thank you for being on today.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to share because I'm just really passionate about this and the more I see our kids, um, you know, just our kids becoming adults mm-hmm. and looking and having a little bit of that hindsight now um, is just making me that mo- much more passionate about encouraging parents to enjoy these homeschooling years. These This homeschooling thing was meant to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And yes. so just homeschooling from where you are, the, whatever circumstances God has you in, Um, just homeschool from that place and and God's going to bless it and multiply your efforts
0: Amen, absolutely Well, that's life as a life schooler, I hope you all will join us next time